Welcome to C3 Church Tabra. You're about to hear a message from our senior pastor, Phil Oldfield. Get ready to be inspired to live your best life. This morning, I, I want to talk about uh, faith, uh, but I want to talk about um, visions and dreams for 2013. And for you guys that are, are run out of gas, you had some dreams and visions for two, uh, 212, and you didn't quite get there. Something happened. Something. Bible says in Galatians, "Who cut in on you?" And um, I'm so thankful that uh, this year I've cut up two credit cards. Thank you, Jesus. And uh, isn't that good news? Two credit cards. Thank you, Jesus. Now I'm on a quest to get rid of another one. And um, thank you, Lord, you can help me do that. Uh, what else was I trying to do in 2000? Uh, you know, I think a great... Um, I just bought a book the other day for, from the bookstore. It was in the, in the... I don't know how it was in the bargain bin, but it was. And he talks about four purposes. And the number one purpose is knowing God, you know, having an intimacy with God, knowing Him as a friend. And I thought that was powerful. And the book talks about 27 missions that Jesus fulfilled on the planet uh, while He was ministering, of course, 27. And He just talks about four of those missions. And one of them was get to know Jesus. I thought, and I think the next one was about personal development. So there you go. It's a good thing if you want to uh, be stronger in God, more faith-filled, more bold, more daring. I definitely think you've got to, uh, if, look, you're not born for the ordinary. You're not born to be comfortable. And I think Western society uh, allows us to be, um, I guess, uh, to slide into this just comfort zone, um, to languish in a comfort zone and those big TV sets that we can be hypnotized by and mesmerized by. Uh, we're supposed to get out and live, and uh, we're supposed to see the vision that God has for us. And uh, I'm hoping that's what will happen after I give you a few scriptures this morning. Is that cool? And so for you people that like the comfort zone of your lounge room, of your tidy Christian life, I'm sorry, I'll just apologize straight up, uh, because we are in a crisis on the planet uh, God is accelerating His purposes and plans through the church, through the ministry, through the gospel, and He is trying to retrieve as many souls as He can uh, into the kingdom of God. Who believes in that sort of stuff? Uh, and we need to believe that. We need to almost subscribe to that uh, prophetic vision of what God has for the church. It's not Kesara, uh, Sarah, it's not just time to hang around the Barbie. And, uh, and ignore what's happening, you know, you know on the planet. Uh, it's here. The last days are here. Amen? And so just, just provoke you a little bit with that sort of statement. But um, here's what... Here's what um, I need my glasses. Thank you. Here's what Charles Swindle... Oh, look, I'll back it up to a blog I read. Vision for the future releases you from the regrets of the past. Vision for the future... Dale Galloway says, people never grow or go beyond their vision. Tell me your vision 
and I will tell you your future. Charles Swindle, who knows him, says, Our great need. Vision is essential for survival. It is spawned by faith, sustained by hope, sparked by imagination, strengthened by enthusiasm. It is greater than sight, deeper than a dream, broader than an idea. Vision encompasses vast vistas outside the realm of the predictable, the safe, the expected. No wonder we perish without it. In fact, I believe we cannot live a significant life without vision. Now, man, my mind is just running with lots of good stuff to try and contextualize you know, what I'm about to say. One of the things the Lord's provoking me to say right now is one of the key ways, okay, so every man of God, major man of God that did something significant, okay, so Abraham, Moses, uh, David, King David, uh, uh, Jeremiah, Isaiah, uh, Paul, they all had an encounter with God and they were sport for the ordinary. It took root in their life and it set them on a vision and a direction that they lived out for all their days. Now that's basically Phil and Julie right there in a nutshell, living a nice tidy life. Phil's pushing the pram back in the 80s, early 90s, and he's just loving to do that. I go to work a lot, I do every, every bit of overtime I can do, because in me and in man is a propensity to protect and provide, amen? And I do that and I'm just worshiping, because you can worship God through the work that you do. That's what the Bible says. But I'm happy to do that. I'm not a public figure. I will not speak in public until, and Julie is, she's from show business. She was in show business in the 70s, the early 80s. She was on the Don Lane show. She was the, the wheel girl on the Donnie Sutherland show, but you were the paddle pop because that's what you do when the, when the dancing gigs weren't on, when you didn't work. Humphrey Bear. <laughs> Sorry, Jules, to do that to you. But you did have some glory days. You did, dancing and singing in some nice hotels in Asia, Singapore, five-star hotels. And, uh, but bottom line is, bottom line is, is this, that in 93, Julie was doing all the ministry. She had the uh, biggest Christian dance school, which is a dance school still at Narara, now at Hope You See, now at Greenpoint Baptist, and it's a dance school Julie started in the early 90s. And uh, I only just saw the website, and I couldn't believe it. it's actually grown. The, the seed that you sown into those tender hearts. Every man and woman of God that has done anything significant has, Ollie, an encounter with God. How do they have an encounter with God? The Bible says in Thessalonians that we're made up of, and I said this in the giving message, that you are body, soul, and spirit. Your body is your vehicle, is your tent that gets your soul around but your spirit around. In your spirit, let's, let's start at the spirit. The Bible says the spirit is, is, is in there, more or less, in your, in your gut, more or less. But Because it says in John, it says the rivers of living water will flow from your, from your belly, yeah. And um, so in your spirit, you have faculties. Say faculties. You have intuition, which women are really good at. Men, listen to the women when you're buying a used car or when you're going to go into a business deal, or they could save your hide, they could save you a lot of drama, amen? Women have intuition. They're, it's a God-given thing to protect the children. When the men are out, when the men are out hunting, and, and, and for two, three days, Ollie, uh, you know, out in, and the women are back at the little cottage, and the little kids are racing around, it's the women say, hey, 
come in kids, what's wrong? There's nothing wrong. And then 10 minutes later, a stranger is riding down the bush track. And you know, women have this intuition. That's what makes them prophetic. That's why they have dreams. That's why they can have dreams and visions so easily. So in your spirit, you have intuition. Another faculty you have is that you have communion. You are able to commune with God through your spirit. All right? That's how God speaks to you. God doesn't speak to your soul. He doesn't speak to, doesn't speak to your body. He speaks to your spirit. The other thing you have is conscience. Your conscience, be, be dividing between what's right and wrong. That's in your spirit. Can I recommend this to you for 2013? Get to know your spirit. The Bible says in John that we worship God in spirit and truth. It doesn't say we worship God by our soul, our emotions. It says we worship... So when I, okay, so help the men. Men, this is what I do. Although this breaches every macho image that there is, I listen to my spirit. My spirit says it's good to lift your hands. There's something of being able to symbolically, but it says to my body, I worship the living God. And I don't care what my soul says, my feelings, my emotions. I listen to my spirit. The Bible says that we should listen to our spirit and live by our spirit. God speaks to our spirit. When you, now hang on. When you are saved, your spirit now can hear God. When you're not saved, no, you can't. You can hardly hear God. But when you're saved, your spirit can commune with the living God. Okay, here it is. There's personal vision, there's corporate vision. There's like a power that drives these dreams and visions. And it's a bit like this. Psalm 33, verse 11. I'm not going to be long this morning, but I want to crunch something because we're going to fill out our dreams and visions after I speak. Psalm 33, verse 11. But the plans of the Lord stand firm forever, the purposes of His heart through all generations. God has a vision for the entire creation, every human, every soul on this planet, he has a vision, a special plan for you. I state this, your vision is the foundation of your life. True definition of success is fulfilling the purpose for which God has created you. It is accomplishing the dreams God has had for you from the foundation of the world. God purposed you to be on this planet. He purposed you before the world was sent spinning. And you are created for a magnificent purpose. Just like when we see a bird in the sky. Julie sees a lot of birds in the sky and she thinks a lot of them are eagles. Some are eagles, some are not. I, got a, I have the unfortunate task to tell that's not an eagle, darling. That's a pigeon. That's a, that's a, that's a whatever. But I must admit, you have seen eagles and I've seen them with you. But when that eagle is in full flight in the thermal currents, it's in its glory. It's in its glory. And God wants you to be in your glory. He wants your limbs extended. He wants your life extended. He wants your life colorful, bright, influential. He wants you to rise above all the chickens. And He wants you to fly in an altitude of believing and trusting in God. 
and having hopes and dreams that will be amazing for you. It will become an adventure. You will find you will drop sometimes when the thermal currents are not there. Who's ever done that in a plane? Lost all your drink. Ah, People screaming. Yeah, it's adventure. But I'd rather be flying in the altitude of visions and dreams than plucking away with the chickens. I'm born to be an eagle. I'm born to fly. Amen? That's what we got to do. We got to break out of this propensity to be contained by life and by the comfort zones and by materialism and by the security systems of this world. We believe in our superannuation more than we believe in God. We believe in the NAB bank rather than believe in Jehovah Jireh, our provider. Amen? This church is built on faith and dreams. We got a vision. People believed in that vision. God, God is the ultimate dreamer. He dreamed up this planet. Do you love what he dreamed up? Do you love the creation, the, the creatures and the, man, I love the, the things that you go snorkeling and the stuff in the water is awesome. If you've, if you've just lost any sense of gratitude to God by looking out, go snorkeling. Find a snorkel set, they're cheap, go to Kmart, put that snorkel on, go out with someone and peer your head down into that beautiful realm of the underwater world and see for the first time the colors and the grandeur of our God, our magnificent creative God. Somehow wake yourself up. Some people jump out of planes on their 50th birthday. Um, Some people do bungee jumping. I mean, crazy stuff. I mean... What's the Bible say about vision? Okay, quick. Habakkuk 2.2 says, Then the Lord replied, write down the revelation, the vision that is. What's revelation? Revelation is prophetic, is a prophetic revelation into your spirit. You get it in your spirit. So right now, let's just pray. Father God, I'm praying. Let's close our eyes. I'm praying that people right now in their spirit would receive dreams and visions for 2013 their best life my God I pray that Lord that you would reveal it to their spirit that their spirit would be be absolutely convicted and can just hear the Lord firsthand of what you want us to do in 2013 dear God in heaven right now I'm just praying for people's spirit to come alive to God to hear God to see God There it is. All right. Write down the revelation, the vision, and make it plain on tablets so that a herald may run with it. Proverbs 29 verse 18 says, Where there is no revelation, the people cast off restraint. But blessed is he who keeps the law. There's other versions of that. uh, Without revelation, that's what I was trying to say in the giving message. If you have no revelation of what the guts of the church is about, that it's about souls, you won't give to it. You've got to have a conviction in your spirit You've got to have a revelation that constrains you to give to the Lord and stop you spending all your money on other stuff. Amen? If you don't do that, if you don't stay resolute to that conviction, to that vision, to that dream, just like every New Year resolution, it falls to the wayside. Amen? There you are, eating that chocolate cake. It's only mid-January and there you go again. You've got to stay with it, and that vision will keep you focused, give you direction, and keep you 
on the straight and narrow. Is this helping someone this morning? Come on, come on. No revelation. Other versions say, dwell carelessly. Perish. People are ungovernable when there's no revelation. Okay, here it is. What is vision? Vision is the ability or the God-given gift to see those things which are not as though they were. Let's have a look at Romans 4.17, if we could see that. There's a principle in this, and it's, I love the story, Gail, Gail's not in the house, Gail Balding, one of our good people, she said she was in the tent with Angus, Angus, put your hand up, good buddy, where is he? Angus is there, uh, Angus is struggling back then, why are we in this tent? We were, okay, so we were at, this church was in a tent for five years, a big tent, just over the other side of that car park, five years we were in that tent, it's real pioneering stuff, man, and uh, we, 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 thought we're only going to be in there for a year we end up being in there five years and um and of course we weathered storms floods and uh and whatnot but because we had composure through vision even though a meter of water went through that 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 tent we were undeterred we just cleaned it all up and went again it was amazing that's what vision does vision allows you to be focused. Okay, here's the scripture. As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations. Just thanks. He is our father in the sight of God in whom he believed. The God who gives life to the dead and calls things that are not as though they were. So vision is very much like that. We're calling that into being. When Abraham, when God said to Abraham, Abraham, you're going to be Abraham and you're going to be a father of nations. Yes, your name is Abraham, but you're going to be Abraham and you're going to be a father. But I haven't, we haven't even had a child yet. It's, it's visions and dreams is speaking into your future. You've got to call those things that are not as though they are. Next, to see things in your mind's eye before they exist. Ephesians 1, 17, verse 19. I'm going along nicely. Ephesians 1, 17. And I've covered this a little bit. Uh, if I could have 17 and then down, yeah. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom, the spirit of wisdom and revelation. So Holy Spirit, wisdom, and re- that's capital S, that's spirit, the spirit of wisdom and revelation, so that you may know Him better. Yes. Next. I pray also that the eyes of your heart So you have eyes of your spirit may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you. We're praying that everyone has eyes of their spirit, eyes of their heart to see the hope of the gospel. I tried to do that through the giving message. I tried to shunt some people to realize, oh my God, it's about souls. It is about souls and where those souls are going at the end of the day. I tried doing that. Um, The riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, and next thanks, and his incomparable great power for us who believe. That power is like the working of his mighty strength. Meaning when your eyes are open, when your spirit is open, you can see the kingdom all around you. The mercy, the grace, the kindness. The presence of God is around us now. But your spirit can only perceive that. Your body can't as much. Your soul can't. But your spirit can. This type of church is all about coming into the presence of God, abiding in the presence and feeling the presence and being empowered by the presence of God. But it's by your spirit. You can't sit in this church in a soulish way and try and appropriate 
God or this gospel message or the, or the Bible or the church. You cannot do it. You will not do it for any length of time. But you can by the Spirit. Uh, Genesis 5, uh, let's have a look at this. Let's, yeah, Hebrews 11.1. 1. Of course, there is a strong correlation between vision and faith. Of course, there is. Hebrews 11.1. 1. Now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. Now faith, so faith is a determining factor of having dreams and visions. Amen? You getting this? Now faith is being sure of what we hope for. So no matter what was presented to C3 Tugra years ago in building this church, five-year battle with Wyong Council and lots of stuff, lots of stuff. At the end of the day, faith continued and allowed us to stand strong, be stable, and keep believing in the, in the vision and the dreams that God had for us. Do you know what I'm saying? You've got to have faith. Faith. Of course, God is the ultimate visionary. He visualized the entire creation, mankind, the earth, and the rest of the universe. Of course he did. Visions and dreams come from him. Genesis 15, 5. He wants to envision your life this morning. I just know it. Father in heaven, would you envision every life here? Lord, you have dreams and visions for them. I know you do. Okay, here's a clue. Genesis 15, 5. Let's back it up to verse 1 if we can, guys. And uh, let's do verse 1. And uh, after this, the word of the Lord came to Abraham in a vision. In a what? In a vision. Okay. Do not be afraid, Abraham. I am your shield, your very great reward. I think we can continue on. Yeah. But Abraham said, O sovereign Lord, what can you give me since I remain childless and the one who will inherit my estate is Eliezer of Damascus. And, uh, and Abraham said, you have given me no children, so a servant in my household will be my heir. Just stop there. So you might be saying, oh, dreams and visions, get out of here. What could I do next year? Look, I haven't, haven't had this success. I haven't had breakthrough there. I've tried that. I've done that. I've done this. I'm telling you, if you trust God, continue. Verse 4, then the word of the Lord came to him. The word of the Lord's coming to you right now. This man will not be your heir, but a son coming from your own body will be your heir. Yes. He took him outside. He took him outside. He took him outside. I got this prophetic notion that the enemy almost is allowing us to be subdued into little safe havens, even called our homes. In the olden days, we didn't, we didn't spend that much time in our homes. We were outside the homes doing life. These days, our homes are air-conditioned, got big flat-screen TVs, they're luxurious, they're comfortable, they're beautiful. Who would ever want to leave such a place, amen? They're almost becoming our coffins, in fact. But I believe people are building those homes as like edifices of mortality, like some sort of, it's like heaven on earth. I can create my own heaven, and here it is, and I have dominion over this place. But that's a falsity, that's a lie, because God says to Abraham, who's somehow stuck by shrouded, limited, he's got blinders on, and God says to him, Abraham, step outside and look up. <laughs> look up at the heavens and count the stars. You're able to see 80,000 stars. I just found that out yesterday at once, but because there's galaxies and there's billions and billions and trillions of stars. Look up at the heavens and count the stars, if indeed you can count them. 
Then he said to him, so shall your offspring be. I want God to be saying that to you. I want God to be saying, I'm going to bring to pass something amazing. You look to me, you cast your gaze on me, you get out of, your, out of the comfort zone of your life, you come out, you gaze heavenward, you look at the vast expanse of God, you look at the vast expanse of this planet, you look at the vast expanse of your life, and then you tell me, I can't bring this to pass. Yes? Verse 6, what can that tell me? Abraham believed the Lord and he credited it to him as righteousness. Boom, he was spiritually blessed righteous he was credited to him as righteousness meaning he was spiritually blessed can you go to the last verse of that chapter thanks to him where it talks about all the enemies ah the last verse of that chapter because i need to bring out the blessing here on that day the lord made a covenant with abraham that's a covenant now through the jesus christ to you and me to your descendants, I give, you, I give you this land. Now listen, the land is for possessing. This land, 11 acres, was nothing. Rickety old fence, a dam, uh, swamp, a couple of cows, horse in the corner, chook. Uh, it was nothing when we were praying on, on Chapman Hill Lookout, praying down on this land for seven years in the, in the 90s. We prayed and we saw this land as land that the Lord said, I want you to acquire that land. In fact, I want you to possess the land. Now, the land you can interpret now spiritually in the New Testament as your soul. God wants you to possess more of your soul, personal development. Amen? He wants you to possess better health. Bree, I know Bree loves to work out and eat right and, and oh, she's laughing at me now. She, <laughs> she's really spoiled at this Christmas, haven't you? I've picked a bad example. <laughs> What about Garth? Garth loves... Oh, sorry. Oh, you're all blown at this Christmas, haven't you? <laughs> this is about physical blessing. I talked about the spiritual blessing. The physical blessing is this. On that day, the Lord made a covenant. That covenant sticks, by the way. If you believe in Jesus, His blood, His price has paid for you to live in heaven, but in the meantime, spiritually and physically blessed. Here it is. On that day, the Lord made a covenant with Abraham and said... To your descendants, I give you this land. The land, what land? I'm talking New Testament now. I'm talking about your best health, your best job, your best finances, your best, the best friends you can have, uh, the best, best home you can have. The best, best. To your descendants, I give you this land. From the river of Egypt to the great river, the Euphrates, to the land of Kenites, uh, Kenizzites, Kedamonites, Hittites, Perizzites, Ravenites, Ites, Ites. Canaanites, Gigashites, and Jebusites. There's 10 there. And you might be saying this morning, there's no way I can get fit. There's no way I can develop a prayer life. There's no way I can begin to give to the Lord. I have 10 enemies against me. But there is 10 enemies. And God says, because you're in covenant with me, you are going to possess the land. And guess what? They did. They did. They possessed the land. Quick, my time is nearly done. God loves dreamers. It is the dreamers who bring about changes in our world and who find real satisfaction of living. Why do we need vision? Vision gives us direction, focus, stability. It is energizing, motivating. It's a motivating force in our life. Where there's no revelation, the people cast off restraint. If you've got no vision for your body to be healthy, you just, man, you'll just do anything to it. 
The vision helps you follow God's plan, much like the guide rails, without an overriding sense of purpose and mission in life, what is worth living for. People are literally dying inside because they have not vision in their lives. Deep within all of us is the desire to make our lives and what we do with them count. There is nothing like an all-consuming vision that will give you the purpose and meaning you long for. With a vision, life is exciting. Every day, day becomes a new adventure. It's vision that will add enthusiasm and excitement to your life. The importance of vision is paramount. Matthew 6, 22 says, The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are good, your whole body will be full of light. 23, but if your eyes are bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. Meaning that if you don't have prophetic vision, if you don't have godly vision, if you don't have spiritual vision, and you just take in days of your lives, if you just take in all the rubbish of this world, if you just take in all the, 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 the natural stuff, you, it's not going to be too light in your body. But if your eyes are bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? The way you see life is the way you will live your life. Isn't that amazing? I love that. Four effects of God-given vision. Here it is, I'm done. One, it is quickening. You saw that in the Bible characters, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. It It just quickened in them. I'm spoiled for the ordinary. That's happened with Ollie. Ollie, it's quickened in you, the vision for the church. You came in here, good dubbo boy, boiler maker, yeah, you know, full of life, could have done anything, and uh, you're still doing anything, really. But but, um, but something something has shunted you, something has quickened to you, so you, you gave your job up, and you're going to Bible college next year. That's... It's quickened to him. It's like, I've got to do that. I'm born for more than this. I've got to do Bible college because vision is the foundation of my life. Without vision, I'm just ambling through life. Two, it's motivating. I will and I can. Philippians 4.13 says, I can do everything through him who gives me strength. 4.19, and my God will meet all your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. Three, it's containing it's constraining, I should say. I must and I must only do that. Life is molded and shaped by vision. Four, it is sanctifying, meaning I will not, I will not go to Woodport Inn and get drunk. Why do I say that? Because I keep hearing Woodport on Facebook. I don't know why. What is Woodport? Horrible place. People get trashed. Good young people. Yeah, yeah, but vision is, I've got to get this word right, it is constraining, it is sanctifying. People who get a vision from God get their act together. They begin to disciple their life in order to serve or discipline their life in order to serve the God who has revealed so much of himself to them. They no longer just live for themselves, but now want to set their lives apart for God and his service. Exodus 3, 5, my last scripture. Moses was told by God, put off your shoes, Ollie. Put off your shoes, Angus. Put off your shoes for the place in which you are standing is holy ground. When you get saved, guys, and when you have that encounter with God, you're not standing in religion. Oh, I belong to the club called the born-agains. Oh, you're one of those born-agains. 
That's what someone said to me. You're one of those born-agains. It's like I was a Mooney or something. Or, oh, yeah, you're one of the hardy Krishnas. No. No, I'm saved. Bound for heaven. Justified, sanctified, spirit-filled, tongue-talking, baptized in the Holy Ghost, spoilt for the ordinary. I'm on a mission to love God, worship God, to serve Him completely to help him on his mission and to fulfill the reward of his suffering. To fulfill the reward of his suffering. Watch the Mel Gibson movie again and work out the great price for your soul. By the way, your sin put Jesus on the cross. Your sin. When you, become, when you take ownership of your sin, putting Jesus on the cross, your salvation becomes so much more powerful. That's when you say, sorry, Jesus. Sorry for my sin. That is radical salvation. So Father in heaven, right now, we thank you for the privilege of living life. And for 2012, what a, what a hoot it has been. But there's been valleys, there's been mountains, there's been trials, there's been challenges. But Lord, there's been great victories that you lead us in triumph through these things. And we thank you, Lord, for the car park that pro bono, Earth moving company stuck their head over the fence and said, I see you have a need. Did $50,000 worth of work on our car park. Uh, I love that. And thank you for the somebody who blessed Katrina with a new air conditioning unit and it was put in just before Christmas. Thank you for that person. We God bless that person who we don't know. But Lord, we thank you for these victories. We thank you for the souls that we've saved this year. And Lord, as people begin to be stirred in their spirit to write down dreams and visions to do something extraordinary for you in 2013. I pray that they would be stirred in their spirit, that they would be stirred in their soul, that they would be stirred to believe that God, all things are possible in you, that you meet all our needs according to your riches in glory. We didn't know how God was going to build this church, but we knew God would meet all our needs. We didn't have the money. On paper, it was ridiculous. But we knew our God. He's Jehovah Jireh. And we knew God told us to build this church, to acquire this property. And if God tells you that, don't worry about some of the practicals. Although, your dreams and visions need to be specific. You need to have a proper understanding of the resources at hand. You need to know who God is, but you need to know who you are. And let's not be too... No, you're not too, too radical, but let, let's be reasonable, but let's have faith and let's, I think, Julie, are we going to let people write some dreams and visions down right now? We're going to do that. On your seats, there's t uh, paper and pen, uh, pencils, I should say. We're going to write the dreams and visions down. It might be just one statement, one word, but whatever that word or that statement, whatever those goals are, we're going to pray over those things for you to live an extraordinary life. Please don't be passive about 2.13. Really believe that God has a, a great plan for you in 2013. So Father, right now, as people begin to fill out these envelopes in the anointing of God, in the power of God, we just thank you, Lord God, that you're giving vision, clear vision. Vision is a clear mental image of a preferable future imparted by God to His chosen servants and is based upon an accurate understanding of God's self and circumstances. 
It supplies answers to the questions of what God wants us to become and to do. It is a target which beckons us forward. Vision is not wishful thinking or unsubstantiated nebulous abstract hope. It makes concrete, specific, distinct forms in response to contemporary spiritual needs and opportunities. If you need your vision refired, you can get into the Word, into the Spirit, into the power of God. The power of God will help you with that. Yeah. Yeah, and we're just going to be quiet for a couple of moments while people write that down. So for a couple of moments, please just jot that down. Thank you, Father. Holy Spirit. We're going to pray over these, prophesy over them. Holy Spirit, dreams and visions. Fresh new vision for 2.13. Releasing you from the past. His mercies are new every morning. Holy Spirit, speak to your people this morning. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit. Speak to your people. Energize them. Visions and dreams. Holy, holy one of God. Holy is the Lord. Thank you, Father. Envision your church. Envision your people. Envision these precious souls, Lord, to believe for more. Maybe it's your marriage. Maybe it's your finances. Maybe it's your health. Maybe it's your children. Maybe it's your health. Take hold of God's destiny for your life, my friend. Take hold of God's destiny for your life. Dreams and visions. Don't be passive. Don't just don't float through life. Be active. Lay hold of your dream. As long as Samson had a dream, he was unconquerable. When he lost his vision, he was conquered by 90-pound Delilah. I love that. When David had a dream, he was undefeatable. But when he lost his dream, he fell to the sexual temptation of adultery. You need a dream to keep you focused and disciplined. We talk about um, being enlarged. Enlarge the place of your tent. Isaiah 54, verse 2. Stretch your tent curtains wide. Do not hold back. Lengthen your cords. Strengthen your stakes. For you will spread out to the right and to the left. Your descendants will dispossess nations and settle in their desolate cities. Do not be afraid. You will not suffer shame. Do not fear disgrace. You will not be humiliated. You will forget the shame of your youth and remember no more the reproach of your widowhood. For your maker is your husband. The Lord Almighty is his name. The Lord One of Israel is your Redeemer. He's called the God of all the earth. Thank you, Father, for vision, fresh vision for C3, C3 Church Tugra. Thank you for fresh vision for souls, for the saints to be empowered, for the church to grow and increase, to be more influential to its community. Thank you, Father. 
Yeah, and we're going to take those up. Uh, no, not going to take them up. Keep them in your hand. And we're going to stand up. And we're going to pray over them. Thank you, guys. Can you stand up, please, church? If we can stand up. Keep them in your hand. Oh, we're going to take them home. Yes, we're going to take them home. Of course you are. Um, some people are looking for babies. Some people are believing for babies. Some people are believing for a breakthrough in their jobs, in their health. Some people are believing that they can do something significant for God in 213. Um, dreams and vision. God gives you dreams and visions. Let your spirit be stirred continually. Uh, good news, everyone. I almost forgot. Pat Richards, your wonderful son, Mark Richards, apparently won a little boat race from Sydney to, to Hobart. Wild Oats, praise God. Give it up for, for Pat and Mark and the team. Awesome, awesome. Wild Oats. Was it a new record? Was it a... That's the overall... Oh my goodness, oh, we're going to have to put an anchor on that, guys. <laughs> I mean, the, the, he'd be safe, yeah, because... Yes, he did too. God excelled himself. Well, we're praying for Mark and we're thanking God for his victory. And uh, we're blessing Mark and the team and thank God for, for their, their safety. And well done. Well done to mum and what you've done in his life that he can be focused and determined to do great things like that. It's because of mums like you, and uh, we honour you. We honour Pat in the house, and God bless you for what you've done for him. So, Father, as people clasp these visions and dreams in their hand, we pray for the anointing that would come upon these heart desires. He will give you the desires of your heart. If you look to Him, if you ponder on Him, if you trust on Him, the Bible says He will give you the desires of your heart. But Lord, You have communicated with us through a message to stir us to believe for 2.13, not to just amble through and not to think our days are over. People of God, I don't care how old you are, your days are not over. And it's not time to sink into a lounge chair into the despondency of the comfort zones of life. I pray that you would be mobilized, revived, refired. And if you feel that you've run out of gas, I pray the Holy Spirit right now would funnel into you the Spirit of the Lord. Now just close your eyes if you could. Holy Spirit, we hold these visions and dreams up to you. And we know, Lord God, that in you all things are possible. So Father, right now, in your mighty name, in Jesus' name, we declare these dreams and visions to be active, for these dreams and visions to be presented to you, dear God, that you may place your mighty right hand on them and you might bring them and activate them to life. You said to Abraham, you are Abraham and you will be a father of nations. Lord, I pray that you would speak to every soul in this house that you would speak to every heart in this house and that you would speak the prophetic word that states it shall be and it will be because my purpose stands and there's power in that. If God says his purpose stands, there's power in that and he will bless you.
He will safeguard you. His providence will be around you. His angels are around you, around your children, your family, your marriage, your business, your home. I pray the power of the Holy Spirit around you, upon you, and in you to be encouraged to believe in our almighty God, Jesus Christ, the Lord God Almighty, the author and the finisher of your life and your faith. And in the name of Jesus, I declare 2013, here we come. Here we come, Lord, with faith, with passion, with vision, Lord. Because without vision, we perish. We dwell carelessly. We amber through life aimlessly. We're ungovernable. But the Bible says with vision, we're in God's purposes. We're in God's will. And where He is, there's power, there's love, there's life, there's grace. So right now, I declare these visions and dreams to be powerfully affected by the kingdom of God for 2013. And the saints say, and the saints say. We hope you enjoyed listening to this message. For more information on what you've just heard or how to visit us, go to c3talgra.org.au. We hope to see you at church soon.